Hello and welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Music. I'm your host Chris Hallam and today we'll be speaking to Elio Pace, who was just a teenager when he tripped over Billy Joel's music and began a lifelong crusade to showcase these songs to audiences across the UK and beyond. And now he'll be bringing the ultimate uptown girl, inverted commas, experience to Sheffield City Hall on the 17th of September. He's going to thrill audiences once more as he tours his smash hit award-winning show, The Billy Joel Songbook, this autumn. I thought it'd be really good to sit down and have a chat with Elio and just find out what it is about Billy Joel that excites him so much, which fills him with so much energy and which has really inspired him to create this masterpiece of work. Um, but sometimes it's better to just let the person speak for themselves. So without further ado, ring, 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 ring. Hello. 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 I'm so sorry I'm late. For some reason, Chris, I was expecting a phone call and it's not uh, Sarah's fault. She definitely put Zoom down, but in my head, I was I was expecting a phone call. Sorry about this. Oh, don't worry about it. How are you? Okay, I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, not How too bad, mate. Not too bad. Just yeah, reading thank, the news, getting depressed. Yeah, yeah, I don't bother with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too much. Um, let's have a look. Oh, yes, we're talking about the Sheffield gig. Is I've done about four of these already this morning. Sorry about oh, that. I'm just it's all right. You're, you're just lining and we up, did a gig you? last night. Yeah, a gig, gig last night with the Billy Joel songbook, and we're off to Glasgow, so it's all a bit... But anyway, sorry to keep you. Um, Chris, it's good to speak to you. So this is for Chris Talks Music Podcast. Tell me about what you do then, Chris. So, do you know, well, obviously you'll be coming to Sheffield on the 17th here at the City Hall. Um, yeah. It's the Star, the newspaper. The Star is a um, Sheffield City newspaper and okay. the podcast. Um, we create a podcast. Well, basically, I created a podcast where we just talk to artists creators musicians about their music why they do what they do amazing um how they love it um and i don't like kind of you'll have people that do these interviews and they'll go so what got you into billy joel i mean a quick google search can tell us what got you into (laughs) billy joel or watch Um, the or watch the dvd that we're releasing it will tell you oh there we are there's a little plug for the dvd go on let's get the plugs in and (laughs) no 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 absolutely um but it's um no i can i'll plug that don't worry i'll make sure i plug that oh good but it's i'd just like to have a conversation with people about their music and their involvement with music and and what kind of drives them what took them there in the first place and it's it's Mainly because I love music of all genres, and I just think are you are you a musician yourself? I used to make music years ago, but like it's just more really a passion of the um of the whole thing of music and performance in yeah. general. To be honest with Listen, you, some of my best mates are exactly like you. They they made a little bit of music, they sang stuff, but they I, I have one friend who is literally he's a bus driver, London bus driver. And when he's not driving that bus, Chris, he's at a gig. Any oh, yeah. gig. Yeah. Any I, I... gig. Whether whether it's Neil Diamond or whether it's the Thompson Twins, he's at a gig somewhere. That's all I ever see of him on Facebook. Off to another gig, 
you know, whether it's, it's with his wife or whether it's his best mate. So I get it. I totally get it. And he's one of those people like you that had life been different, you would have been making music, but you obviously found your route in discussing your passion for music. I am one of those people that went with playing the piano and, and doing it that way. So, you know, yeah. so this is great. This is great. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've performed over the years and things like that. I also worked in theatre and, and acted as Have well and, and wrote plays and stuff like that. And oh yeah, so it's like, um, I, I just, I love, I love the arts and, but I also love to write. So it's kind of the world's converged in a different way. That's amazing. And it's, it's, it's all good though, because the thing is, what this does is it gives me the opportunity to give people a platform who do music in a variety of to- like fields, whether it's the likes of yourself who you, you've done a lot of musical theatre as well, haven't you? And yeah, you've done obviously the Billy Joel songbook that you're doing yeah. now. It's um, I mean, that's the last nine years of my life. But you know, I'm, I'm yeah, 2014 was it? You started performing. 2014, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. So that's only been the last nine years. But as, as I say, at 54 years old, you know, I've I've had over 30 years of playing music so it's not all been about the, the Billy Joel songbook there's loads of stuff that came before it and goes on even as we're doing it you know so yeah anyway, you released your own the... album didn't you as well a seat at my table that's right I uh well you know I wanted to be are we are we actually doing this is this being recorded now yeah but it's fine don't worry about it we're just talking yeah. as okay. and when it's fine Okay, and we'll definitely get a copy of this, right? Because it'd be nice to hear it. Oh, absolutely! It goes out on a, across all the streaming services anyway. So what I can do is I can send you over a link to our anchor page, and from there you can get it on whether you listen to it Perfect. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Okay, lovely. All right then. Well, I'm ready to go when you are. We are ready to go. So yes, tell me about the Billy Joel songbook. Um, the idea. I mean. The idea behind it, um, why Billy Joel, um, and yeah, I mean, tell me about it. Well, I don't want to spoil it too much, Chris, because people that will come to Sheffield on the 17th of September, the beautiful City Hall, um, I don't want to spoil it for them, but I tell the story in the show. Yeah. And I just want to make clear very, you know, right from the beginning that this isn't a tribute in the sense where where I don't get dressed up as Billy Joel, trying to be Billy Joel, put dark glasses on, grow a goatee beard. It's not that at all. I'm not interested in that. As much as I enjoy watching a, a guy dressed up as Elvis and, and pretending to be Elvis, it's fun. But that's not what I'm... I, my, my job, I feel, is much more serious than that. And it's based around the fact that I believe truly in my heart that Billy Joel is the, is the greatest singer-songwriter there has ever been. And I know that's quite a statement, but I've been saying it all my life, ever since I fell in love with Billy Joel's music. And I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, because I, as I say, I talk about this in the show. Yeah. And a show that I come out and tell you stories. We do 30 songs in the show. Um, and it's not an imitation. It's a true homage to to this guy. I fell in love with his music in the middle of the 1980s. Yeah. I was 16 or 17 years old. I was at Sixth Form College down uh, on the South Coast. I was brought up in Eastleigh in Hampshire. Okay. And, um, and I accidentally found Billy Joel's music. I knew the guy existed. 
Yeah. But I really knew nothing about him. I wasn't interested. There was one particular song I really liked. And um, it was through that song that I, it's, it's a lovely story, but I, as I say, I'm going to save it for the show, um, how it happened. It's quite funny. Uh, and I fell in love with this this music. And, um, and I remember, oh my God, I mean, it just changed my life. It literally just changed the direction of my life. The piano playing, the singing, the writing, lyrics, and the incredible melodies and chords I'd never heard anything like it once I started studying this music. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I still do. I study what he's doing because he's a genius. He's an he absolute He does so much, genius. doesn't he? It's so varied, Chris. It's not... I wouldn't even aren't... say varied. It's so broad. Varied makes it seem like he's dipping into things, but it's so broad because he seems to master every single element that he touched. Yeah, yeah, but it, but no, but, but it is varied. It's a varied. Um, it's you know, I mean, it's he. It's so musically rich. This songbook, yeah. and it's and and what what people don't know again, I t I talk about this in the show because I tell you basically what underpins his genius and how he got discovered and how he became famous. I, it's like a, in fact, somebody's described this show as a TED talk with the, the greatest songbook ever written. So. Um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, he, he's a classical musician, yeah. actually. And he started life as a classical musician. And in the last 29 years, since the last album, he, he released The River of Dreams in 1993. He's gone back to only composing thematic classical music. He doesn't want to write any more pop songs. He said that loud and clear. He doesn't want to tour the world. He doesn't want to be part of the rock and roll industry anymore. Yeah. And so what he's done is he left us with these 12 incredible albums which are filled with an eclectic mix of incredible songs as you, you say every style that he chose to play he he was the master of and that's because he understands music is because he had his the grasp of of the fundamentals of music because of his love of classical music and he infused all of this classical music into his rock and roll songs, which is why for me, it is so varied. It is so eclectic. It is so diverse a sound. Yeah. One minute he is James Brown and nailing it. And the next minute he's Frankie Valley and nailing it. Then he's, uh, you know, the Righteous Brothers and nailing it. Then he's Steely Dan and nailing it. And in some case, and a lot of Beatles in there as well, and in and in my humble opinion, he's betted all of it. You know, yeah. when he wrote his version of a, of a Steely Dan song, it's the best Steely Dan song they didn't write. When he when he did the Eagles, for me, it's it's up there. You know, it's he's he's just amazing. He's just absolutely well. He's my favorite, but I think he's actually also one of the most underrated pop stars. And certainly, and I've said this before, he's the most overqualified rock star there ever was and uh and his songbook is um testament to that if you just listen to it it's just it's just you know 12 albums 120 songs it's all there yeah i mean he's he's he is he does have quite the the collection of music and i mean if someone's been up for is it 23 grammys he was up for and he only he only received like four i think in the end that's right yeah um but like the thing is you could you can listen to 
any of his music from any period in time. I mean, obviously you've kind of got stuff like We Didn't Start the Fire and Uptown yeah. Girl and so on. Yeah. But yeah. every single one of those songs, they kind of, they give you an energy that you don't really get from music that's that's they don't they don't give you an artificial energy it's kind of it's it's purely yeah. joyous and it is it engaging is. That's the great word that's the word it's beautiful it, it's a great word chris billy joel's music is joyous even when he's talking about the vietnam war in goodnight saigon or when he's talking about depression manic depression in summer highland falls there's such a trust in this guy's delivery yeah that that it's joyous and and you know there are so many there are thousands of people coming to see this show now billy doesn't want to tour so yeah so someone's got to fill this gap because i can't let this music die i just i just can't let it die but these songs are soundtracks to people's lives and they and it's it's quite incredible to see how attached people are to billy's music you know and the lyrics and the stories and the love songs and yeah it's amazing i mean uptown girl people talk about uptown girl and oh you know uptown but actually uptown girl is an incredibly brilliantly constructed song there are three separate sections to that song and they joined they're joined together seamlessly and that's that's the master at work in and again a very classical way um so yeah no i'm a yeah he managed to make like the variety of vocals that he does even just on that one song he managed to make just the range of vocals across that whole song seem effortless as well um well which is a bit like you kind of just feel a bit angry at him for being able to just nail it with such ease really <laughs> I, I i feel no anger myself i, I don't I, not an anger i know really, what you but mean you know, know what i mean you. it's like a rueful going oh yeah you bugger you you're good yeah yeah no he's um yeah no i'm i'm like thank thank goodness you're good um i mean he said it himself he says uh and in fact yeah i well, know again i don't want to spoil it but he says that um he feels he's competent he only feels he's competent he said but we're living in a world of such incompetence that what i do comes across as extraordinary and i love that that's his those are his words um he is so good that i'm just so pleased that somebody like billy joel came along because i don't think anybody can i mean he's revered by his peers and the people that don't revere him are quite frankly jealous i think well they're probably not listen to his music well, oh, they can't do it. They can't do it. And as there's nothing wrong with three chord songs. I love Chuck Berry. I love Elvis Presley. I get uh, such a buzz from listening to early rock and roll. And with, but you know, I also love uh, jazz, and I love the Mills Brothers, and I love you know all the great music of an era where there was color, and there was, you know, it was dexterously written. And Billy broke the mold i think when he came out of into the rock and roll era out of out of the 70s and where it was you know very sort of country rock vibe there was disco going on um and he made chords lots and lots of chords very very popular without people realizing it they're listening to songs that are so complex today's pop music i don't mean to sound like an old man i'm not old i'm 54 but Today's music 
is nowhere near as complex. We we are literally for eighty percent of the time listening to the same four chords over and over again. There are great, great young new people coming through who are, you know, the next generation, I think, who have gone, okay, enough of these four chords. And they have gone back to Billy Joel and Stevie Wonder and Elton John and, and Steely Dan and all these people and going, right, what an earth, wind and fire. Now, what, what are these guys doing? Let's have a look. Ah, right. There are many more chords than Ed Sheeran is using at the moment. And yeah. let's use them. And, and I'm loving, I'm loving this sort of new, sort of found love of people like Billy Joel's music because it's so important. I mean, you know, life is, you know, it's like sitting down eating fish fingers and beans every single night, you know, every single night. That's what for me, music, a lot of music had, had become. There's certainly, I think we're coming out of it now, but for the last 10 years, it's literally fish fingers and beans. It works. It fills a gap. Let's make more music. That's fish fingers and beans. And um, Billy Joel wasn't that. He was, um, he was all sorts of stuff. It was, a, it was a feast, a feast of color and chords and melodies and rhythms and tempos and styles and grooves. Oh, it's just, just I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think the problem with, I guess, what you'd call pop music or popular music, and it can, it can seem as. Um, overtly manufactured and sometimes just de plain derivative um, and there are so many talented musicians outside of that realm that don't necessarily get the spotlight that they deserve yeah. so yeah. in the age of what we have now with social media and people kind of being introduced to things via musical algorithms thanks to the likes of Spotify and so yes. on yes. it's um when you unearth something or an artist that you would never have previously thought about listening to, we're in the age of what I'd call the age of deconstruction, where right. we we take these songs and we we break them down and and then they become something like a TikTok trend where people are talking about the depths of music. It's kind of why like Elton John. I mean, you mentioned him before, and he's he's had two hit songs out this summer that uh he's essentially they're remixes of his older yeah. music and yeah. it's been turned into dance music as well but he's also added his newer vocals on top of that as well and it's kind of yeah. it's showing uh, how how easy it is for music from such artists like that will always remain prevalent and relevant and how it can be um a, it can cross over with complete ease to kind of, I guess, fit the modern day demographics and interests in that way. But I mean, music, I think good music, it will always prevail, whatever happens in time, it will never age. So I understand and yeah. I get why you do this, the Billy Joel yeah. songbook, because it's, there is such a dearth of music that he has done that I don't think many people in the world have heard before and they probably should no they definitely should they definitely should um oh it's such a it's such a big conversation to have this it one. is such though isn't it conversation you, you can never yeah, do a because, cliff notes version can you no i just you know some some would question and i'm going to be honest with you whether what elton john is doing to his music is any good that's the point 
I, I, I for one can't stand the last two singles. The new Britney Spears thing is awful. The thing he did with Dua Lipa is awful. It's awful. Should he be doing that to his music purely to extend his legacy and to make money? I, I, is that art? I don't. I, for me, that isn't art. That's not art. Um, Elton John wrote some of the most amazing songs. You know, Tiny Dancer being one of them. and what Which was is the second? one that's been remixed recently. Yeah, yeah, recently. What was the one that Dua Lipa did? Um, sacrifice, was it Sacrifice? I don't know. I, I just... Look, the thing is, uh, if you either... There are, there are so many different types of people and it's an industry and the industry need to make money. And I totally, totally get that. And as an independent artist... I sometimes look at really famous people and I see what they go through in their lives and I see the photographs on social media and I'm going, I'm so glad that's not me. I'm so glad I can walk down Epsom High Street today, having played in front of 3,000 people last night in a theatre and then walk down Epsom High Street, go and get an ice cream, sit outside Wilkinson's, jump on a bus if I want to, jump on a train and nobody knows who you are. But tomorrow night... I'll be playing at Glasgow Concert Hall, which is nearly packed and and with the greatest band, the, you know, world-class band. So I'm not sure that the veil of all of this is, I, I'm not sure that it's, uh, uh, that it's correct. I'm not sure that Elton John is, maybe he's enjoying it. Maybe he loves it. Maybe he does love the last record he made with Dua Lipa. Maybe he does, but and maybe die-hard Elton John fans who just love him and love what he's brought to the world, which is incredibleness. And he's a very generous man. And he was an amazing singer and a fantastic piano player. I saw him live. I've seen him live four times. I'm a big fan. But, you know, are we going to go around every single museum in the world and every single statue and modernize the statues and just so that young people can associate with the statues and associate with the buildings and associate with the bridges and associate with, are we going to change everything just to make it more up to date for everybody to enjoy today in this world where most people can't listen to anything that's longer than 30 seconds and you're straight off flicking through, flick, 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 swipe left, swipe right, up, down, bosh, you know, thing, link, link. I mean, I, I sound old. I sound old. But I thought it was quite an amusing analogy. I, I yeah, I just I just don't I just don't get it. And and I tell you something, I know lots and lots and lots of young people I'm talking about from sixteen up to thirty year olds who don't get it either. There are you know, there's popular culture, right? There's yeah. there's there, there there are bands that fill stadiums that you go, really? Wow. Okay, and then there are, as you said, there are incredible young people, artists, clothes designers, uh, musicians, poets, authors, young people who are never going to fill stadiums, you know, but they're doing incredible, great, great work. And there's a subculture that goes against the popular culture. And ever since I was a kid, ever since I was a kid, I've never, ever, ever completely been um uh, in in tune with popular culture ever when i was a young man i was into abba when nobody thought abba was cool 
I was into Shaking Stevens when, even though he was the biggest selling solo artist of the 1980s, he wasn't cool. He wasn't invited to Live Aid, but all those other bands were invited to Live Aid. Shaking Stevens wasn't. Yeah. I was into all sorts of things that other people didn't like or would scoff at. And Billy Joel was one of them, um, which is why putting this Billy Joel songbook show together was not easy. Selling Billy Joel in this country, would you believe, was not easy. It's only it's only now that we have the backing of uh, Phil McIntyre and his brilliant team who are basically making sure that lots and lots of people know about the show. But that's money. It comes down to money. If you can't afford to advertise, you can't reach as many people. Yeah. There's a reason why every time Michael Bublé releases an album, you know, the whole world knows about it. You can't get on a plane and not see it. You can't sit on a bus and not read about it. You can't put on the radio and not hear about it. There's a machine of hundreds of people that make sure that every radio station in the world is serviced. Every magazine is serviced. Every airline is serviced. And that takes money which means that independent artists like myself who can produce, you know, as good material live or, or as, as certainly live and sometimes even, you know, as good recorded stuff, yeah. which deserves to be. But if you haven't got that machine making sure that every radio station in Brazil has got it and every station in Fiji and, and the Philippines and Canada and America and Britain and all of Europe and Australia... If you haven't got the money to make sure that everyone knows about it, you are going to end up, you know, uh, do, well, 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 but you know what it does? Mm -hmm. It forces out the men from the boys, because if you're doing it for the right reason, if you're literally putting all this stuff together for the right reason and you and you have your lovely career and you have your, 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 your gigs and you have your people that follow you and it's not of the Michael Bublé status, you're happy. You're yeah. happy. If you can get on a, a train at Epsom train station and travel to Victoria and nobody says a word to you because nobody knows who you are. But yet, as I say, the next day you're going to fill, you know, the, the you know, uh, a, a theatre in, in, in Stoke or something. And you go, I can't wait to get to Stoke because there's going to be a thousand four hundred people that can't wait to hear me sing whatever it is I'm going to sing. If you can get the balance right in life. All of that other stuff becomes insignificant. Now, uh, as I say, it's a massive conversation here, Chris. Yeah, but, it's absolutely and, huge. And, and we've um, we've gone quite a long way from the original thing of of Elton John's singles. And I you think I Billy... see them as a bit of a gateway, if you know what I mean. It's like um, I think we will always hold that music, the original versions, in reverence in their own way. And I think he may be like you said he's so giving and i think maybe perhaps he's willing to give away part of himself to encourage people really in a way to kind of almost encourage them to listen to his other work which he probably won't remix and re-release in such a fashion well, and maybe it I is the gateway drug i'd like to think of it as that rather than i can't um, see that it is i don't I, I don't think elton john needs to i honestly don't think he needs to why does he need to do that he's one of the most famous people on this earth he um, is, yeah. and, and, and he sells out every single there's no there's no 
you know, oh, he didn't sell out this concert. He's, you know, a run at Vegas, sold out. All the stadiums in the world, sold out. He, yeah. He's not doing it. I don't know why he's doing it. Dua Lipa didn't need a hand up. She's doing all right. Yeah. He's, he's doing it. He's, I'm not 100% sure he's doing it for all the right reasons. And can I tell you something? This is, this is so true. Billy talks about this, Billy Joel. Him and Billy, so Elton John and Billy toured together in yeah. the 90s on uh, a show called Face to Face, where they literally were two pianos on stage, Elton John and Billy Joel and their bands, and they would swap songs. And um, it was, you know, an incredible thing for them to do. They fell out for whatever reason they fell out. And I think they've made it up now. But there was a few years where they didn't talk to each other and stuff. And um, at one point, um, Elton John said to Billy, this is these are Billy's words. Um, Elton John said to Billy, Billy, when are you going to make another album? Yeah. And, El and uh, you know, because it has been a many years since Billy made The River of Dreams in 1993. 30 years next year. It will be 30 years since Billy Joel's last album. Um, and Elton John said to him, Billy, when are you going to make another album? And Billy said to him, when are you going to stop? And I think that's very telling. Yeah. Because there comes a point when you go, are you actually producing anything of any great artistic value? Or are anymore? you just pumping things out for the sake of it? I think yeah. sometimes now, you can run out of things to say. And, and you know what? It's all, Chris, it's all a matter of opinion. It's all opinion. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and I'm entitled to mine. You're talking to me. If you want to talk to someone else who's got another opinion, fair enough. But if you want to ask me truthfully what I think, I'm going to give you my honest opinion. It's my opinion. Oh, of that, that, that the last, I don't know, three, four, five, six Elton John albums are not very good. I couldn't tell and you any one of them, to be honest with you. No, they're not very good. And this is the same man that wrote some of the greatest songs ever. I guess that's why they call it the blues. I'm still standing. Uh, oh, man. Blue Eyes. Idol. You know, your song. Crocodile Rock to Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting and, and you know, Sweet Painted Lady. Some incredible songs. And I honestly feel that uh, I don't feel that music is his number one priority anymore. And if you're going to be a musician, make music your priority. If it's not your priority, but your priority is to make money or to spread the word about other things or to be part of popular culture, then do what Elton John's just done and release two singles, which I feel, you know, appeal to the TikTok generation maybe and maybe people that just drive around in their car and just love the words Elton John or just, or, oh, I love that tune. Hold me closer, tiny dance. Oh, I love that tune. And they're happy to accept whatever radio to throw at them you know but um yeah. i'm not one of those people no i know what you mean i think i think it's um, part of the reason why i don't listen to radio as much as i used to i kind of just tend to go down my own little musical holes depending on my mood and just pick up and yeah. take the music from there really and if i yeah. see or hear a snippet of something else i'll look into that further um so uh, that's absolutely. probably why my music kind of varies from i don't know the 1930s up to the 2020s if you want to because it's well, just... thank goodness for people like you chris <laughs> it's like i'm not an expert you know what i mean i just i just like music and i and and i like what i like when i like it and 
for me, right. music, it's um, I tie it to certain moments in time as well. So of certain course. music will resonate with me um, in certain periods of my life or certain phases that uh, I'm going through in life. And yeah. I think that's why it's like it's like when I kind of, I was aware that you were coming to Sheffield to perform. I was like thinking, geez, it's been ages since I listened to any Billy Joel. And then right. I was listening yeah. to Billy Joel for an entire day. And yeah. And then the day after that, it was like, something else completely different but it's I've, that's the the wonder of but being able big... to touch music so easily yeah but you but you're different in the sense because your work your job mm-hmm. the thing you get up to do every single day is about art your job is to help artists be heard your job is to think about recording these interviews and your job is thinking about music and thinking about art and, and all that stuff. Most people don't do your job, our job. Most people get up and um, go to work and they use the radio as their their friend in the car, the friendly voice, the friendly DJ, the whatever they, whoever they tune into, whether it's a local station or a national station or whether it's, you know, the CDs they love their yeah. little echo chamber that they put on. And so therefore, most people don't think about music. They only let music exist in their lives because it's accepted that music will be put on at the background at dinner or you go to a restaurant and it's there or you get in a lift and it's there or, or you watch a film and it's there. Nobody, I mean, I watch a film and I'm watching the film, but I'm also going, oh my word, this that cello part was amazing. It's incredible how that guitar line comes in every single time that character walks through the door. It's a different ball game. It's not bigger or better. We're not more cleverer, but people treat music very differently, uh, you know, th- than other people do. Because, yeah. and that's that's why Spotify exists. You know, I mean, don't even get me started on Spotify and and streaming services and and, and how they are, you know. Devaluing and exploiting music oh, as an artist for the work, but not paying creative them creative people. They don't. Oh my word! Yeah. Don't even get me started on that. That's a whole other week's worth of conversations. But um, no, you know, listen, I totally get it. Not everybody has to be an expert at music to enjoy music. But what I'm trying yeah. to say is, is that people, uh, because they just use music to fill parts of their life to as i say to back up a meal or to help them to get to work or come home from work or relax in the bath they're not you know they're not there to make judgments on elton john's last uh, two singles they don't care they just yeah. go oh it's elton john oh it's elton john oh it's Dua lipper i like her i saw her on the graham norton show you know they're not there to make judgments it's professionals like us or you know people like me who who sit and listen to things. And I mean, I, I had to walk out of a musical recently um, in, in London. I yeah. literally couldn't stand another half of this show. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but um, I just couldn't stand it um, because actually it was, it, my ears were like, oh, this is, this is making me unhappy. It's all frequencies. It's all frequencies and scientifically put together music it's you know it, it is it's a science yeah. and those frequencies were not making me happy and i had to leave the room i just couldn't be in that room with with that sound any longer and uh 
And that's what music means to me. And and as much as I understand that people will just accept anything that anybody puts out because they love them, then I hope they will understand that for someone like me, that music's been my job and I've under, you know, I've studied it and it's a science and I know how to manipulate it. That for me, listening to music is um is is a whole different experience for me. You know, and that's why people buy certain records and why musicians buy other records you know musicians i i can i almost guarantee you that not very many musicians went out and bought the elton john you know duolipa single no one's buying that if if you because there's there's nothing musically in there that's that's there to be excited by and and that's what i'm saying but as long as we all accept that we are all different and that's how it works yeah i know what you mean it's um it's like kind of if i think of the last three albums that i bought they'll all be artists that a lot of people have no idea who they are and it's not me buying music for the sake of being vague it was just more a case of um i decided i I wanted to buy those three albums lps in one of the case two of the cases they were vinyls but like, uh, and I don't even have a record player. But I just, <laughs> I, I just not right now. I don't. But like, I, I know I'll get another one. But then I know that I'll enjoy listening to them on vinyl when I get around to doing that. But then great, also, great. I can listen to them on a variety of other listening devices that I have in the house. Yeah. Whether it's on the i, whether it's on my iPhone, whether it's on the Sonos. Um, yeah whether it's on various smart speakers that are around the house, but then, or whether it's through my AirPods or through an audio file set of headphones. Like I just, for me, it's like music is like literature. It's an opportunity to kind of take yourself away from whatever moment you're in and kind of being ensconced within something else for a moment, however long or short that may be. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, yes, get yourself I, get yourself down to Argos and go and get yourself a record player. That's what you need to do today. I want to get a decent record player. We've got an older record player at home. We've got a bunch of old vinyls at my mum's house. But right, I want to right. get. I, I'm waiting to get myself a decent record player, and right. I buy once, and I don't have to buy for a very long time. I'd rather invest okay, in that. something, pay a fortune for it at first, which I hate doing. Um, and then know that it's just going to be quality enough that it will do justice to everything for the time going forward but but how long are you going to wait before you can you're going to actually go and do that (laughs) how thing well i've got to pay my energy bills first but uh, there you go (laughs) but um no it's like kind of if i want to i can always pop down to my mum's and go and and go and listen to vinyls down there that's fine and we've got a bunch of we've got old elton john records and so on and things like that there as well but um It's, Has you got any old Billy Joel records? That's the question. Uh, it'll be my stepdad's collection. Shows. I w- guarantee he will have Billy Joel there as well because we used to have the cassettes in the car um, when we used to go on long Good. road journeys. Yeah, Billy Joel, Queen. Brilliant. Um, he loved Brilliant. he loves Elton John. He's got a piano as well at home, so he used to play that and play it on the guitar and stuff like that. So nice kind stuff. of, I just grew up around music really in that way. Brilliant, brilliant. So. Obviously, you're in Glasgow tomorrow. You'll be in Sheffield on the 17th. Um, yeah. There are still tickets available, so people can pick up some of those. Yeah. Um, and they need to snap them up fairly quick. You'll be at the City Hall, like you said, an iconic venue. Yeah, absolutely. And Love it. Yeah, I look forward to seeing the show. Um, hopefully, I'll Thank be you. able to pop down myself 
and uh, oh, I hope you can check yes, it out absolutely. also as well. But um, no, you I'd should. Love to... You know, the show is filled with thirty about 30 Billy Joel classic songs, right? There isn't there isn't a hit we've left out. I tell you his story. The band are amazing. The light show's beautiful. The sound is good. Um, it's, it's a great celebration of Billy Joel's incredible career. And as I say, still to this day, we are the only outfit in the whole world, the whole world, Aside from Billy himself, actually, who's not touring the world, but we're the only outfit in the world touring nationally at this level, anywhere in the world. So, you know, we're we're, we're doing our best here in, in Europe, shall we say, to um to get the word across and to keep it alive. And uh, the, I think the, the you're doing word a great is... job, though, Elio. I've, I've watched some of the videos as well on YouTube, Thank and you. I think people are going to be in for a cracking show. But I'm going to have to, it's going to cut us off in a second, so I will okay. have to say goodbye. No, let's Thank say you so goodbye. much for your time, sir. It's been sir. nice speaking to you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Hopefully, we'll speak to each other down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. No worries. You take care. Have a great day. All the best. Bye bye. Bye bye now was elio pace thank you so much for your time elio the billy joel songbook will be performed at the sheffield city hall on the 17th of september which is just over a week or so away so if you'd like a ticket go and grab one before they all sell out because they usually do other than that you take care thank you so much for listening and i'll catch you next time